Baker and Coach David Thorpe. How are you, sir? Gerard, it's the holiday season. It is. And we're about to talk about basketball. <laughs> You're doing great. <laughs> and I get to see both of my children, our children, <laughs> in like an hour and 20 minutes. As soon as we're done here, I'm driving to meet him at a pizza place. My son got up like at 7 this morning to get here. They had a game against Notre Dame late last night. He is driving this morning. He left first thing with uh, his cousins who went to the game, and I'm, I'm taking them all to get pizza. Yeah, I can't wait. Well, anybody who knows, if there's one thing Coach Thorpe loves more than basketball. It oh, is yeah. his family and when he gets to see them. And, yeah. you know, he's very good about, like, his children are adults now and they have their own lives. But, oh, when it comes down from the – oh, no, they're kids now. <laughs> when he yeah. gets to, they're they're going to be kids, kids now when he gets to see them. <laughs> and all the cousins will be there. Of course, my wife has to work. We'll, we'll be together. And the, the four of us are doing a team dinner tonight. Uh, uh, I don't know if the weather's going to cooperate. We're supposed to go to the beach and sit outside. It may be rainy. But um, we'll, we'll find a way. We're gonna have some fun. I we, we barely get them. My 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 daughter goes to an internship on Christmas morning at seven. I think at seven her flight is, and my son flies out at six a.m. the next day yeah. back to work in Tallahassee. Yeah. So yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm in a, I'm in good spirits right now. I tell you that you're gonna find the joy where you can. Yeah, All right. right. Um, this is an interesting time of year. Um, and this will be related to basketball because it's the early signing period um, in college football. So high school students. Um, declare where they're going for next year, right? Where they're going to play, et cetera. And, you know, that whole pageantry is turned into a pageant, right? It yeah. used to be back in the day, you just send your letter in, whatever you fax, you call, and it's over, right? right? Now we have television shows and hats and all these different things. Um, and I know that you have thoughts about that and how it impacts our guys in the NBA. Yeah. And, and well, speaking as a dad as well, you're exactly right, Gerard. I'm, I, my, first, my first player signing for a college team was 1988. Uh, it, uh, scores of my guys have signed over the years. You know, high school coach, trainer, whatever, uh, just helping out people. Um, I, I'm very worried, and I, I have been worried that we're setting a lot of these players up for failure. I, I've said before many times, human nature is that when we have success, we tend to relax, um, and we make such a big deal over some percentage of these players who will actually be good college football players, forget about pros mm -hmm. that uh, they, we give these families and these players a false sense of security. Now it's a little bit different for the first time. Uh, some of these kids are, are millionaires now or will be because I mean, I talked to one agent yesterday because these players can have NIL, NIL. agents mm -hmm. and he's which we're okay with, by the way, we're okay uh, with them. Fantastic. getting Fantastic. He's, he's, he's got a million dollar deal to go to school for four years. And that's just the first deal. He can get more once he's successful. Um, so great. But as Larry David did, let's curb your enthusiasm a little bit here. Let's, <laughs> let's make sure these guys haven't accomplished anything but dominate teenagers. It's a very different world, college sports. And I think we're setting them up for so many of them for failure because it's so hard. It's just so hard. And same as our sport. We make, I remember hearing about, all the limo rides Sebastian Telfair went on. And, uh, and I've always wondered, what if he grew up in a, in a very different environment? Might he have been an all-star? Because he was just an okay NBA player. Maybe. Maybe not even that. Uh, I worry about that all the time. And as a dad, I can tell you, I, the last thing I would want is for my kids to feel like the best thing they ever got to do was when they were something done before they were, you know, 25, 30, 40, 50 years old. 
I mean, appreciate it when you got it. Mm-hmm. But uh, Shane Battier once said, I probably said this on the show once, when asked what kind of car he got his first car, it wasn't anything fancy. And he said, I don't want the best car I ever drive to be my first car. And I'm not guaranteed any more contracts after this. I've always counseled my players to think similarly. I think that's the right way to go. So I just worry. I mean, a lot of these guys, everyone's celebrating today. You'll never hear from. They'll never make an important play, much less have a great season. Uh, and plenty of other kids who you're not excited about now, if you're a fan of college football, which I'm not, uh, are going to be great players and NFL players and everything else. So I just that human nature part of it is a concern to me. Well, sport is like life, right? It just levels. It isn't just, oh, my God, I made, you know, honor roll, whatever, and I got into the college of my choice. Forget about sports. If you're just a regular person who's not an athlete, right? Yeah. Okay, that's step one, right? Like, you know, all things being equal and your life is long, you got many more things down the road, right? Celebrate in the moment and then the work continues, right? That's really what you're saying. The work re- the work continues. Same thing when you get to be, all right, I'm a college athlete. No guarantee to your point, you're going to dominate. You're gonna work. The work continues. Hey, you're lucky enough to get drafted? Oh my God, amazing accomplishment. Celebrate. The work continues, that's right. right? Like it's just, it never ends. That's life. Like you just keep working. Yeah, the, I mean, I took my daughter to lunch the other day, and she's now made president's list twice, and in, in uh, what I would call a, a really rigorous schedule, plus her work and her sorority, she's very busy. And I told her, who cares? No one cares. <laughs> R- really, nobody cares. Because so, so many other people are doing as well as you or much better. Her, your 3.8 is great, or whatever, 3.75. There's plenty of 4.0s in college. It's tougher colleges than yours. Just work and work. Be thankful. We're happy. It means you're doing something right, but you can't coast now because you had a really good first semester of your junior year. No, you got to keep pushing. This is the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, for these athletes, like th- not only are you fighting everyone in, in their class to who want to get better than you, you're ranked higher than them now, let's say. Mm-hmm. All the other players still in college want to kill you, beat your brains in. Here comes the class the next year and the next year and the next year. This is the vicious cycle we're always in. Uh, and so to me, the process needs to be more about less parades and more daily grind with moments of celebration. We always want to celebrate good times. I'm a big believer, no matter who you beat in a game, I used to make my team in the locker room, we clap it up. Like we're never going to take winning for granted. Now let's sober up and recognize where we messed up at. What do we, what do we have to get better to beat the best teams? Cause that, well, that wasn't good enough maybe. So yeah, it's just, like I said, as a dad, I just, I'm always alarmed at these gigantic stories and, and I, I understand why the players feel so privileged and entitled. They worked hard. They worked hard. And, and everyone is treating them like they just, you know, won a marathon <laughs> to, to win $100 million. Come on. Like, it's harder than that. No, there's a marathon run tomorrow, too. And the next day, and the next day, and the next day. Uh, that's why I think a lot of the our NBA guys, when they, I mean, to LeBron, well, LeBron's a separate thing. But even, even with LeBron, nothing's easy. Nothing's easy. The other team's yeah. trying to devise a plan to beat you. And so you have to have that edge about you. And that's what I worry about. It's hard to have an edge when you're just being treated like royalty and you haven't done anything but beat a bunch of high school kids. You know, this is a perfect segue. As I said, the work continues. Um, Last night in the NBA, Pascal Siakam had his career high, 52 points. um, The most by a Toronto Raptor player in Madison Square Garden, I believe. Um, You know, he was excellent. And, you know, David doesn't often talk about this, but I will share this. David did spend some time with Pascal over the summer um, with him, working with him. And, you know, 
I know as a coach that made you feel good, but like not in the way that people probably think. Like, it's like what I always say about the athletes that I coach in swimming on race day. I'm like, of course I knew you were going to do that time. We, we, what's what we did all the last six months? Like, what? yes, this is that part's not the surprise, right? But I am happy for you that the actual accomplishment came. But I know you were you were thrilled to see Pascal do well last night. In a game, by the way, the Raptors needed because they were on a four-game <laughs> losing point. streak. Right? They needed right. a win bad. Uh, second night of a back-to-back for the Knicks. But the Knicks, I mean, they almost won that game, right? So it was it was a really good performance. Yeah, Pascal's really uh, – It's a he's an interesting story. He's picked up basketball late. He even mm-hmm. he even talked about it and afterwards. He he said, I, I picked, a, picked up the game late, and I didn't even live in America, but I know how important MSG is in – our basketball culture. I thought that was cool for him to say that he's a unique situation because just as he was kind of coming into his prime after the Kawhi year, um, COVID hit mm-hmm. and uh, he made it all NBA third team. COVID hit. He lost a bunch of weight, all that kind of stuff. The team took a, you know, had to spend a year in Tampa. Uh, last year he was, I think it was second team on NBA a couple years ago, third team last, last year. year. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and then he made his announcement. I want to be an MVP level player. And so, and I think the team is oriented more towards him. So whether it was a, something that I've done with him, something Nick Nurks has done, a lot of just hard work from him, it was great to see a player who's 28, he ain't 50. He's still ascending. I think that's a really important thing that we always have to remember. I was watching you know, Tomatis Sabonis the last mm-hmm. couple of games. Uh, everyone kind of just knew he had hit a ceiling. No, he's still a young guy. <laughs> Yeah, like these these guys are so competitive and so driven. They're going to keep working, and in Pascal's case, as I said to him to his face, like you didn't realize you were Kevin Durant because you didn't come from America. But had you started playing basketball at ten years of age in New York or D.C. or some basketball Indiana, so like, dude, you're Kevin Durant. Uh, I'm not saying you're as good as Durant because he he doesn't shoot like that, but he's slinky guard like at six foot ten and super long. It's almost unfair. I was watching highlights. We're going to talk later about tired legs. Mm-hmm. That dude doesn't have tired legs. <laughs> I saw him running circles around the Knicks, who are a very tough team. Oh, my God. Physically tough. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I also don't think it's a surprise that he did it against a team like New York, that um, they're pretty stubborn. They're not going to – they went into the fourth quarter to really try to take him away. He already had 40-something at that point after three. Like, he could have had 60 last night. That's Thibodeau. That's just like we're not going to change. Um, but, yeah. Uh, every night there are players who are pushing the envelope because they're working and working and working. And I'll, I'll say one last thing. This is something anyone could see. It was public knowledge. Uh, Toronto has not been playing well at all. And Scotty Barnes really been struggling. Pascal was asked a couple games ago. So before they lost their last game and then beat the Knicks, he was asked about it. And he just had a great answer of like, we're not pointing fingers. The answer is in the locker room. We, we've got to figure this out together. He, he gave a very inclusive comment, and you, you know that there are times when players, especially everyone wants Pascal Siakam right now. Mm-hmm. There, there are players who have kind of pointed fingers. Hey, I'm not having, I'm an all-NBA level player. Right. It ain't my fault. Right. He did not do that. That's, I think, I think uh, he's Cameroonian. I think that's a pl- factors in. The, uh, they speak more languages there than any country in the mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. They're incredibly diverse. They're com- impre- incredibly thoughtful in how they go about things as a culture anyway. And so it's nice to see that a guy who's thinking about team was able to say, okay, guys, jump on my back this time. I, I, don't, I don't know if I can do it again. You know, I, the Nick, teams are all going to start doubling him earlier or whatever. But for one night, it was nice to see him have such a great game. <laughs> no, it was, it was an excellent game. And, you know, as I said, he, he, 
the bag grew over the summer, right? Tools got sharpened. He yeah. knows when to employ certain things now, right? And I think something interesting you said, him picking basketball up late. I wonder because of that, will that make quote unquote his prime be in later years than someone who made him play basketball when they were eight years old up until now? It's something I've talked about with his agents uh, and in general, just about players. Uh, I think the answer is yes, he's still ascending at 28, but Nick Nurse might beat that prime right out of him. He played 45 yeah, minutes last night. So health, lot, health still matters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. I, th- I worry about that for some of these teams that seem to be playing. I mean, the AD with Darvin Ham, like, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we shouldn't, we're going to talk about our Christmas games in a minute. Like, we're not going to be seeing all the superstars. Mm-mm. And I, that's a concern of mine for Pascal and for anyone, you know? Yeah, no. I mean, look, this is a, a drum that everyone knows listens to True Hoop. Yeah. We've been beating for years. The schedule is just not forgiving, right? It, it just isn't. Um, you know, it, it seems like, I mean, and again, we're just covering the league, whatever. I mean, yes, we have games every night. But if let's say you're following a team, it's every other night there's a game, right? I mean, five and seven nights. I mean, yeah, the NBA say we're cutting down on it, but... Honestly, looking at the schedule, coach, I'm like, I don't see that much cutting down, right? Like, and even if you're off, you're on a cross-country flight, or right? So how off are you on that, right? It's just, it's a lot. And ultimately, we want to see these guys play their best. And in order for that to happen, we need rest and recovery. But, you know, the schedule is what it is. And until they switch it, that's kind of where we are. Um, one of the things also that's contributing in many fact, the ways I think to... I'm not going to say the increased injury rate, but the increased load on a player's body is what David and NBA coaches call the impossible sink, right? And that's defenses and this dilemma you have. Do I guard against the three, which every team is worried about now, right? Maybe eight years ago, eh, we knew about it, but it wasn't. But the advent of the volume of threes now, it makes coaches panic. Okay, but if I sell out to start the three, that means my paint's wide open. I'm giving up dunks. I don't want to do that either. David always says that playing defense is like blackjack. You can't stop everything, so you got to decide which what is it, right? And that tax not only mentally on a player when a screen's coming, shit, who am I staying attached to? Am I supposed to sag in here? That plus the physical toll of racing down into the paint, and then if you're someone who has to also run out to cover the line, that's something that I always say to people. Watch 80s basketball. The game is played within the size of a postage stamp, right? Really easy to play defense when it's all clogged up and ain't nobody moving around. I got to race to 30 and back inside of the rim. That's a toll on my body as well. But talk about the mental anguish defenders are in when they are forced with the impossible sink conundrum. Yeah, so that was, uh, Coach made a comment to me the other day. We were talking about how you, the Utah Jazz like to play Kessler, who's a really terrific rookie. Wow, is he fun to watch. They put him in the corner. He's a shot blocker. He's basically the American Rudy Gobert. Um, he really is. He's got, I don't know if he'll be as good as Rudy, but he's, He's in that mold and he doesn't shoot threes and yet he gets a lot of dunks because they'll run actions where they get, they, 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 he's alone in one side of the floor and the, the, some kind of driver to the rim and the player that should be responsible for helping Kessler's man. Cause Kessler's man, let's say in one eclipse, I have Bobby Portis from the bucks slides over to take Kelly Olenek driving to the rim on the right side. Kessler's in the left corner. The man closest to Bobby Portis should be helping the guy he's guarding, which is Walker Kessler. But if his man's lifting up for three or just spotting up and he's really good, he doesn't want to leave that three-point shooter. And now Kessler has an uncontested dunk. So you're supposed to sink down. Some people call it a crackback. There's lots of names for it. 
And one uh, friend of mine told me his assistant said to him, oh, it's the impossible sink. <laughs> like, it's impossible to sink when you're so worried about three-point shooting. Yeah, this is a real challenge. But to your point, though, um, as it relates to fatigue and everything, uh, yeah, we've, we've got so much space to have to guard fast. Like, you can't get there slowly. These guys have quick triggers and deep ranges. And so, the, and, and then, and I didn't even write about this. This is part two coming. Um, you got to trust. If, I, if my man hits the three because I sunk down, am I going to get killed on social media? Mm-hmm. Is my coach mm-hmm. going to have my back? Mm-hmm. Is the GM going to have my back? You know, if I, if I help on the drive and now my guy gets the dunk, it's probably Portis. Uh, gives up the dunk to Walker Kessler. Am I going to get beat up on social media? What does it look like on metrics? Like all the metrics we follow, they're not factoring that in. Mm-hmm. If you're the near, I think if you're the nearest guy to a guy that's the dunks, it's going to have some kind of negative score on you on on your negative on your defensive right. rating. Even though so, that, might, that might have been your your assignment, you, know, you might have been doing the right thing, right? So uh, I was, I'll write about this coming forward, but that's a big part of defense: is everyone do your job. And just do your job. The problem is, A, how do you trust that? I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, Gerard, I have told NBA centers this season, fuck those guards. <laughs> they keep getting roasted at the point of attack because they don't give a fuck. You're helping, and your man keeps getting lob dunks or tip dunks because not only are those guards getting roasted, but they're supposed to peel off. If you help them, they're, supposed to, and they're already running in that direction towards the rim. They're supposed to peel off and help you with your big. They don't do it. Mm-hmm. The weak side guy isn't coming over because he doesn't want to give up a three. And now you're left high and dry. You can't win that. So to me, take away the number one uh, uh, scoring chance, which in many cases is the lob to the guy that can jump. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that should be the goal. That's why it's like blackjack. You got to play the odds. Yeah. Um, but it's a, there's a lot of chess going on because the Chris Pauls of the world know they know what you know what they know you know the mm-hmm. kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's a back and forth. It's, and it's pressure. Like I told you, I've, I've had players text me at halftime. What am I supposed to do? Because they're not getting their coach. Their coaches typically aren't telling them. Some are, some aren't. Um, it's a, yeah, it's a challenge, which is why if you, the reason why I wrote this is if your team is giving up those some three or four a game and getting none, someone should be talking to the coach about that. Yeah. Because yeah. anyone can run impossible sink plays. Some just choose not to do it very much. And that's a mistake. They should be. Because they'll yeah. get layups and dunks out of it. You know, it's so interesting that you say that. And you mentioned Chris Paul. And so, so much of what you're talking about is something you always refer to, which is processing speed. Yeah. Right? Chris Paul, LeBron, the Masters, who they can, they got it. Right? Because they have all the reference points. Rookies, it, it just, it doesn't happen for a lot of them that quick. Now, some of your elite rookies have come into the league yeah. being your a little bit better. smarter rookies, we'll see. It. Right? Yeah. But for the most part, they just don't process. And it's just, it's not a... Uh, intelligence thing. It's just that some people's brains can handle information at a much more rapid pace than others. It's just the thing. And, and experience. Like I watched James Weissman last night. He had 30. Yeah. In 27 minutes. I, I, I it was a non-competitive game. Correct. That was at that game. He <laughs> wouldn't have scored 30. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I should have, I should have known that. Uh, he wouldn't have scored a 30 against uh, a team of uh, dogs and children. Right. Yeah. If it was played at NBA speed. Right. Two years ago. Mm-hmm. The game is slowing down for him. He still has a ways to go. Yeah. But it's slowing down from, and he's starting to get his identity back a little bit. Because in the G League, he dunks on everyone all the time. Like, what, what do you think of him last night? So it's so funny you mentioned that. So a large part of him doing that was the Nets are small inside, right? Yeah. So when he got on the floor, I mean, the tallest person often was Durant, right? And it's like, 
which and Durant's a fine defender yeah. and actually one on one like I think Durant actually did fine which sure, did I'm good sure. well on him so oh, they have no problem guarding you know so it so it was fine but he was able to feast on when they got switches and it's like yeah. oh well this little six foot Patty Mills or whoever that yeah. ain't a problem I got this what I did notice was his processing speed on defense a couple of times I noticed when Kirk called the timeout maybe it wasn't Curry it was Kenny Atkinson like yelled in his direction I know they were mad because he didn't go out he didn't read the play fast enough and I I, yeah. I saw it and I was like okay if I saw it like a sec, half a second after you saw it, I know that's slow because I don't yeah. process match because I don't play NBA basketball, right? Right, right, right. Um, so I thought there were a couple moments there where it was just, hmm, he still has that to work on. That's right? his it's, biggest problem is on the defensive side of the court. Yeah. yeah. Is knowing when to do what. And to your point in your article, okay, this guy's a 38% shooter. That's why players are always talking about know your personnel, right? All right, if it's a 33% dude I'm attached to, I'm, not I'm playing out. the odds. Leave him, yeah. go do, right? But you have to do know that quickly yeah. in the moment and i feel like often it's a lot for some people yeah you know uh on this processing speed for anyone listening go go to youtube and watch uh pacers uh celtics and uh, halliburton made some really really great where if he if he passed a lot of people think processing speed is about how quickly you do something but sometimes it's about no just the opposite it's recognizing something quickly Correct. and letting it develop mm-hmm so Halliburton had one in particular uh, no-look transition pass for a, a dunk or a layup where had to be thrown it a second earlier, it wouldn't have been there. But he let it play out, and then boom, it was there. And even the announcer, Quinn Buckner, saw it. He, he's not always right with what he sees, but he was right on this one. Let it play, and he did. So, yeah, you've got, that's just experience. That's just, that's just knowing, okay, I, I've made this pass early before. Nothing good happened. I need to hold on a second more and let it develop. And they learned to use their eyes. Mm-hmm. So the guard coming down the floor looks to the right to my three-point shooter, hoping to get the guy at the basket, creeping out to contest the shooter. Here comes the, the lead post right behind him for the dunk. Yeah. You can kind of look guys off. So that's all part of it. Yeah. The last thing I'll say on, on David's Impossible Sync article, and everybody should read it, is for the defensive side of it, this is where trust and connectivity matters, right? Like you have to know that your teammate has your back. And not only that, has their assignment, what they're supposed to do. Jock called the timeout early in that game because they messed up on an assignment. And Kevin said after the game, he's like, I kind of like when he does that. When he's like, yo, we just we just went over this and shoot around. When this happens, this is what you're supposed to do. Right. Got it. Okay. And trust that you're going to trail. You're going to whatever it is that you're assigned to do, you got to do. Now, if the coach decides, all right, we've seen that five times in a row and it ain't working for us, and we're going to sw- then we'll switch it up. But whatever the plan is, lock yeah. and commit. And I think oftentimes you see guys not committed. And that's probably because of trust and a lot of other various factors that cause issues defensively. If you want to watch a non-committed defender, watch <laughs> Dennis Schroeder and LaMelo Ball. They, they are not interested in getting bloody. They are not interested in digging in. Uh, Schroeder, I mean, both, both of them drive me crazy with how uninvested they are on that end. Uh, now, LaMelo is just a brilliant offensive player. Schroeder is okay. He's fine. He's quick. Uh, Lamelo is a much better offensive player. He's a much better passer to begin with, but they are not committed. And I think Steve Clifford has even said some things. Darvin Ham won't, at least not not publicly, because he's LeBron and AD are there. But uh, uh, the guys in Charlotte aren't worried. You know, there's no there's no uh, all NBA player there right now to piss off. And maybe he's talking about how just we just don't care about defense. No, you don't. No, you yeah. don't. Yeah, you got to be committed. You got to be willing to get dirty a little bit, a little bloody. You gotta be willing to get your face smashed in a little bit. Look, everyone knows this. In every sport, defense sucks. Like, yeah, we we know that. 
it's when you, as a kid growing up, you, oh, defensive side time uh, drills and whatever. You're like, oh, defense. Like everyone loves offense. Offense is fun. That's the fun part of the game. But if you want to win, that is half the game. As Henry often points out, you got to know what you're doing and do and play on that on that yeah. side of the ball. Um, it's funny we're talking about. That Nets game that I was at last night, lopsided score. The Pacers um, Celtics game was lopsided for a while. So the there are 30, Celtics came back. 30, yeah, 30 mm-hmm. in the game. Yeah. Milwaukee Cleveland was also lopsided for a bit uh, until Milwaukee came back late. Cleveland still won the game. We'll get on, get to them later in top five. Um, I wonder because coaches, you players talk to you all the time. At this time of the year, we're about a third of the way through the season. A player starting to be like, Oh man, my legs are starting to get a little heavy now. I'm starting to feel a little fatigue, right? Where it's just about every other night. And is it kind of like, oh God, for those of us who are, those of them who are lucky, who don't get to play on Christmas, please get me to Christmas so I get two days off so I can rest. What do you think about this time of year and players starting to get a little heavy in the legs? I I think the heavy legged part, it, it happens more frequently, not just now, based on what you were saying earlier, five games and seven nights kind of thing. I think you're right in your assessment, but not about the legs. It's about the head. Mm. I think I think that um, if, if you if you really watch the game the way I have to watch it, you'll see players, especially big men, who are just moving more weight. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they they are just committed to racing or running because if they don't, bad things are going to happen because they're protecting the rim. Uh, I'm talking about defense, offense to defense. When they don't commit, it's a bad thing. And so you could just see they may want to come, they may want to take a break. They missed a shot inside. They feel like they got fouled. They want to compare to the refs, but they know if they don't get back, something terrible is going to happen. And so they just commit to running the same way your swimmers have to get up every morning mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. commit to swimming. You just have to do it. And so the schedule weighs them down a little bit and wears them down. And they and players, not just big men will take plays off and take moments off and quarters off. Uh, the Celtics took almost a half off last night. I watched the game. And we're settling in the third quarter, but down 30 against a competent team uh, with Halliburton's an all-NBA player now. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he almost single-handedly lost the game because he took some crazy <laughs> shit, yeah. but he definitely was the hero of the game. He was terrific. And... Um, yeah, don't get me started on the Wally Zerbiak. I, I don't understand what he's uh, talking about. Well, Wally's I don't even paid by the Knicks. Yeah, he's on MSG Network and he's paid yeah. by the Knicks. So he's going to just, he's, whatever. Yeah. He's, I, there's no other way to see Halliburton as all, an all-star player. Uh, they have a winning, they're, they're 500 even now. Um, but yeah, so you're right. I think that uh, guys can always get heavy-legged based on the schedule for the week. But I think mentally, this mm. is the, one of the two times we'll see. The other ones are in mid-February. Mm-hmm. Where all the players who don't play on Christmas Day, which is the majority of the league, not mm-hmm. a huge majority, not nope. a super majority. What is there? Five games? Five, yeah. Yeah. So, so ten teams. So Twenty mm-hmm. teams get to be off. Uh there's there's a little bit of a breath of fresh air. Uh uh Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, of course. So and probably not even doing anything on those days. Yeah. So that's even yeah. good. Or maybe they'll practice Christmas Eve morning a little bit. Right. Or if they have to travel off. for uh because yeah. they're, they're away on the twenty sixth or whatever. Right, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think that um, you have to be mentally locked in, and and clear. I just, I just, there are games that teams just aren't, and you can tell. And then they can they can flick the switch on eventually. Good things happen. They say, "Hey, we're in this game," and then it gets a competitive game. But 
Meanwhile, you lost it in the first seven minutes of the game when you were down 20 without trying. I mean, this 82 game grind, it is particularly when you're a certain age, right? Like when you're in your prime 30, 30 plus year, like you cannot play hard all 80. It's just not physically possible. You're either going to break physically or you're going to be broken by the time the playoffs start and have nothing in the tank to do anything come postseason, right? This is, this is something that again, as much as Adam's done a great job as commissioner, like this is something that he and the owners really need to really look at. Yes, it's the money. I understand that. But again, smart people work in this league. Figure this shit out. Like, there's a reason why the best soccer leagues in the world don't play a million games. Like, it's just not physically feasible. The amount of running around, you cannot do it. Like, it's just not possible. And we need to take some care when we're when we're talking about our our, our best athletes here. I want to play. I want to throw one other thing out here too. To your to your point on what you're seeing, uh, young players are different. Their bodies mm-hmm. are younger to begin with. They're they tend to, you know, they're worried about their mom and their dad and their siblings, but family men, uh, you know, I, I mean, we're Jewish, so we had Hanukkah, but we celebrated mm-hmm. Christmas with my mm-hmm. wife's family. Uh, still do. We call it Grinchmas now. <laughs> we everyone gives gag gifts to each other. It's kind of a funny thing. The kids all do it, but um, they, they're all adults now. But um, the, it's a fun time to be a dad, I would guess, when your kids are young, especially when you have money, especially when you didn't have money growing up. If like most of our players, like most of us, didn't have anything growing mm-hmm. up. And so to look on your kid's face and your wife's mm-hmm. face when you get them, whatever it is you're getting them, is a big deal. And they, and they want to be present for that. And they don't just want to have their secretary, of which mm-hmm. they don't have, or their wife buy all the things. They want to be part of it. There's a lot going on. They also want to see their mom and their dad and their siblings mm-hmm. and whatever. Mm-hmm. They're human beings. So in the, in the business world, I mean, I can tell you this. Three weeks ago when I was talking business, it was always okay. We'll deal with this after the holidays mm-hmm. because you're not going to get anything done in December. Right. Well, these guys don't have that option. Right. They've got to play and hopefully play well. So I just think that they're, this is another example of them being human beings. Yeah. Uh, something interesting I saw on Twitter. I, uh, so Tatum had missed the game on Sunday against the Magic. And I believe the reason he missed it was because it was Deuce's fifth birthday. And he was with his son for his fifth birthday. And I know as a dad, you love something like that. That's that's just great. And it's like, look, we need to normalize that, right? It's fine. It's one game out of 82. Like, it's fine. It really, they lost the game, but let's be real. The Celtics should be able to beat the Magic without Jason Tatum, right? Like, that's – they didn't lose because he wasn't there. They lost because they didn't play well. Um, but, but even I love beyond, that. But even, right. But even beyond whether they lost or not, uh, as someone who has advocated that before – I actually think we should televise. Every local channel should televise sit around a room with your team and all right, guys, get your calendars out. Mm-hmm. Uh, mark down the dates you have to miss. Cause it's your anniversary. Obviously you can't publicize that anniversary, right. kids, birthday, parents, mm-hmm. mom and dad, whatever mom and dad getting a 50th anniversary, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Tell us those dates. We'll get to decide whether or not you definitely can't take it off. If it turns out half our team all had something the on same the day. same date. Right. Well, we, we can't, can't do know. it. Seniority right. matters now, mm-hmm. but let's all chime in. No one's no one's going to schedule more than 70 games or whatever the number is going to be. Mm-hmm. You're taking 12 games off or 15 games off, right? And then, obviously, injuries will factor in. Well, you're supposed mm-hmm. to be today off, and yet we have five guys injured. We're going to ask you to play. So don't mm-hmm. book a trip to the Bahamas. Right, But right. we just, you know, it's going to be a staycation for you on this day. I don't mm-hmm. even care if you come to the to gym, although I think it's cool when they do. I like when players are there for their teammates. I, I think that's important. Um, but, you know, as soon as the game's over, Go, go dip out and take out your, your vibe for their anniversary or whatever. Um, 
Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a better way to do it. I really do. And you're not just taking the game off, but you're giving someone else an opportunity. Correct. It's always we're watching this the Lakers right now. Thomas Bryant's playing very well. We talked about it on this show. Someone I know very well. Uh, but everyone's acting as if they have no backup because he was never really playing. When he was, he was playing great, but it wasn't enough to matter. Well, all of a sudden, he puts together three in a row, 17, 18, 21, whatever, on a very efficient shooting, shooting the three very well. And now all of a sudden, they have a legit player. Oh, well, play his ass. Well, you get to know him more if you set your players more that were your best players. And maybe if you didn't play AD as much as you have, Darvin, you would have already mm-hmm. known mm-hmm. that Thomas can really play. And AD would still be playing on Christmas Day, which I would love to see, but I'm not going to see it. He won't be playing. <laughs> no, no, that, that, that makes perfect sense. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we're back, we're going to break down our Christmas games. Stay tuned. This episode of True Hoop is brought to you by BetterHelp. Hey, guys, Gerard from True Hoop here. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do? It's a hell of a question. Would you maybe go for a run, take a nap, read a book, or maybe show up for a friend? Now, depending on the day, any one of those would be a great idea. Most of us spend our lives wishing we had more time, but the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Now, I've been open in the past with you guys about this. I see a personal therapist as well as a couple therapist for my partner and I, and both are extremely helpful in developing positive coping skills and learning how to set boundaries. Therapy empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash TrueHoop today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash TrueHoop. Okay, David, it is not yet, but soon to be Christmas Day. That is fun times in the NBA. This has been going on since I can remember watching the NBA. <laughs> um, it's just you know, for casual fans, this is like the unofficial start of the NBA season. But I always joke, uh, we're about a third of the way through by now, friends. <laughs> I don't know where you've been, but basketball has been happening. But this is a day where the big stars play. Everybody gets excited. And, you know, you get to see the players in their Christmas version of their exclusive sneakers. All these cool things. Oh, and really? it some good basketball. Yeah, yeah. They get, they, they get their, their, their player exclusives will be often in Christmas colors. Like they'll have like the Grinch version, right? Or like. Something, whatever, and it's 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 I cool. Had, I, it's I cool. I had no idea. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's it's always fun, and of course, you're you're on the marquee stage on Christmas, so you also want to play well, right? That's a, that's also a big thing. We have five games, so we're going to discuss them in order of most intriguing. And don't, David doesn't don't know. Tell what me point. your list yet, because <laughs> I, I had asked Gerard. Let's talk about what are the most intriguing games, and and then also compare them to like what we had thought two months ago, because I think yeah. things have really changed. So they are have. we going to start with least or most intriguing first? Most first. Okay, so I know what I think it is. I want to okay. hear what you think it is. I mean, it's Buck Celtics. Oh, not to me. No, oh, interesting. Okay, no, uh, you're not. You're not way off. That's <laughs> on, that's on the higher list. Yeah, yeah, it's on the higher list. But okay, let's talk Buck Celtics. So Buck Celtics mainly because of the top two teams record wise in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. This is an Eastern Conference final potential preview if things go well. But you know we're in December; shit can change in a month, and who knows yeah. who's going to be where or doing what. I think beginning of the season with the Ima Yudoka thing, I, 
I was for one like, I don't know if this is going to work out, guys. I'm a little nervous about this team. They might start losing a bunch in a row. They came out like gangbusters. I think that Ime thing kind of fortified them like, no, we can't come out looking like shit. We're going to come out looking strong. And they have now. The last week or so, they've been a little wobbly. No, right? not not a little wobbly. They've been tagged. <laughs> lost they, to like, Orlando, which they right, shouldn't have. Lost right. it, and you said didn't even start playing until the third quarter against Indiana last night. Like, no, I think they've lost four straight. Yeah, they they've been looking a little funky lately. But you know, as I always say, Tatum and Brown. When you got those two wings, like that's that matters on that stage against Milwaukee, who is playing well. What are they going to do on the Milwaukee side? They're starting to get their guys back. Connaughton's back. Middleton's been in and out. I think they're managing the injury. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, Brooke Lopez has been playing well. Giannis is an MVP candidate like he is every year. Drew Holiday. I mean, they, they look like a really good team. They're getting good minutes from Grayson Allen, from Bobby Portis. Like, this looks like a complete roster and a very complete basketball team. Again, we're in December. I don't know what's going to happen by April. But right now, they look really good. So I'm intrigued to see that matchup from just those two teams, both relatively healthy. Robert Williams is back for Boston. So I want to see what that looks like if they play for real. Yeah, you're. you're listen, you're not wrong. I, I only was down on a little bit because I watched Boston last night and they were yeah. horrid. The fans were booing. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I heard that. Don't even get me started on that. I just, I just. You say you cheer for us when we're playing great. Right, well, yes, and we. And you, I mean, what? what yeah, I like what Jerry Seinfeld said in one of his shows. He said, "You boo puppets." <laughs> I completely agree with that. I, I, I'm not. I don't understand. You're not a fan. We're here to entertain you and just to score. And if Listen, we don't do a good job, you know, I'm not an actor in a bad movie. The other guys are trying to beat us, you know. Grown adults going to an arena to heckle other grown adults is never not silly to me, but whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it whatever. really bothers me. But, uh, and Marcus Smart did not play last night. And considering how well Tyrese played, that certainly could have made a difference mm-hmm. with his defensive ability. Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's very much likely a preview of the Eastern Conference Finals. No guarantee. No, but, no. um it, it could very well be the case, of course. And uh, Tatum uh, was terrific in the second half last night. He is as unguardable. He's at a point now where, like a lot of guys, unless you build a wall, mm-hmm. he doesn't even have to have a plan. He's going to just figure it out on the fly going to the rim. He'll score. Mm-hmm. He'll maybe dunk, lay it up, scoop, whatever, get fouled. If you build a wall, that's different, but that normally comes in the postseason. Mm-hmm. He's he's just at another level. His shot is so good. Um, yeah, he's it's gonna be. I don't know what time that game is, but it's gonna. I'm gonna watch it. It's gonna be a good game. That is the third game, so that's the uh, five, five o'clock seven. tip. I want to yeah. say yeah, it's about five. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's good. Um, exciting. Looking forward to that one. All right, that was my most intriguing. My number two on the list for me: Philadelphia, New York. That was my number one. <laughs> Uh, even the Knicks lost last right night. Now. Yeah, it's all right. They were the hottest team in the league, so they're yeah. nine and one in their last ten or eight and two, whatever it is. Philly also playing well, um, really well. You know, I think these are two of the more physical teams defensively. So I was joking to somebody. This might be like all you who love eighties and nineties drag, you know, knockdown drag out. You might see this in this game, right? You might see some of that, some of that in this game, but. And it's Philly, New York. You know how these two cities feel about one another. So you have that element to it as well. And you got at least four lefties. Yes. Because you got the you got the next three guys. The three for the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that'll mm-hmm. be fun. No, I, I think this is uh well, when we get to our top five later, <laughs> oh! we'll, we'll, we'll talk about whether or not this is a top five matchup. Yeah, I think um and it's just, you know, the Knicks are surging. Yes. Uh, and uh, you know, Toulouse, a guy like Siakam's no big deal. It happens. Um, but yeah, I agree with you, Philly. 
They've, they, I, we said this on the show. I, I wasn't worried about them. I just have you not been worried you about Philly in quite a while. Um, Embiid is just so spectacular a player. So good. They, they've got a lot of depth. And Maxi, I've not looked at his stats recently if he's ticked it up a notch. But well, he, there's Maxie's still not that even back yet. Right, he's not even playing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Give it, give it, give it. That team is going to be. I have them winning the East regular season. I'm not backing off that. I'm wow. Not, I, well, yeah. Milwaukee and Boston haven't run away with it. I mean, you know, no, how many only wins three losses have? separate Milwaukee from right. Philly. So, right. I still think at the end of the day, Philly's going to. I, I have Milwaukee winning the East in the playoffs. Not that it matters. Now, who knows what these teams look like? But that's what I had going into the season. Philly regular season, Milwaukee make it to the finals. And um, I think the Knicks, I'm glad, I'm glad to see uh, uh, Jalen Brunson show he can mm. you know, run a team. They, they have a lot of his identity. But Julius Randle, to me, has been, and R.J. Barrett. They, yeah. they've, all, they've all kind of found their way of impacting games productively and efficiently. And, uh, it's, it, yeah, it's great to see. And Grimes has helped. Quickly yeah. has really improved. They, they have so, some depth now. You can see good management starting to turn this team around. Yeah. The, the trio that you mentioned are working well in Brunson, Barrett and 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 uh, Randall and they're both they're all, both, all three are bought in defensively and that's key for Randall. Yeah. Um, the Knicks are seventh in adjusted defensive rating and I think that is legit. The, the 76ers are third. Um, look, it that is I mean that's elite level defense that both these both these teams are playing. And on the Knicks side, we're not seeing old dudes. Derek Rose ain't in the lineup. Evan Fournier. No, no, none of those guys. It's so Tibbs is actually playing the young kids, right? Grimes, quickly, Jericho. Like a lot of those guys are are playing and they're playing tough. Yeah. They're playing well. Right. So I think it'll be interesting the big man matchup, what they do with the center position against Embiid, who's a monster. Um, Philly offensively 20th ranked. That's a little troubling. Um, now without Maxi, we'll see um what, what they do there. But beginning of the season, I don't know that any of us thought this was gonna be a great matchup. And now we're like, oh, look at this. This is this is a good one. Right. Milwaukee Boston, we knew would be great. This one, I would have said, eh. (laughs) <laughs> yeah but now i think it's the best match of the day all right third matchup of the day for me and it's the last one of the night is the phoenix suns at denver nuggets i agree um look phoenix and i'm sure you saw the video of monty and deandre going back and forth um no i didn't see it. okay so their last game or two games ago in the huddle you know the usual things you see look I, i'm one of those people who that kind of stuff happens a lot what happened like more um, it, they were in the in the timeout, and you know Monty's either drawing up something or whatever, and DeAndre's pointing demonstrably at someone on the team, and Monty gets up and he's like pointing back at DeAndre. So I don't know what they were discussing, Ooh. and they didn't. Of course, they didn't say what right. it was. They talked about in the in the media. All they said was, "Look, this stuff happens. Like, you know, you, you're you're passionate during games, and that is there's an element of truth to that, right? You're yeah. trying to win a game, and guys are heated and they want to do well, and they're not." But why this is important is because those two have a history, right? Like yeah, right. something happened last postseason in this regard. He didn't get his money until super late. And there's all this, this like just this frizzering and fracturing around that that once mighty cohesive units. So that's something that bears watching. Even still, their their net ratings and their and their numbers still look good offensively and defensively. Is Booker playing. Booker is playing. Um in that game he'll play. Mm-hmm. And the Nuggets. Look, uh, Michael Porter Jr. has been out. Murray's working his way back up. But the old metronome, Nikola Jokic, still playing like an MVP, right? And they are tied with the Grizzlies for the number one spot in the Western Conference. They still stink defensively. 
Um, yeah. That hasn't gotten better. No. But they can still score a ton of points. And of course you can with Jokic, right? So to me, that's interesting because beginning of the season, I was like, healthy Denver, this team could win the West, yeah. right? And Agreed. Phoenix had been the best team in the West the last two years. Yeah. So it's just interesting how, again, it doesn't take long for fortunes to change in this league. No, it's a, I mean, these teams are trying to win the West. Both of them have a real chance to do it. You, you, you would think Denver is going to find a way to defend better. I mean, they're playing for a lot. Sometimes defense starts with just belief. Like, what am I doing? Why am I killing myself? Well, they have a reason. Like, they have the best player in the world, and uh, in my opinion, and uh, a real chance to do something. So let's, let's guard with our lives. They're not doing that. Uh, at least I, that I've seen so far. No, so you know, could always start. It could always start at some point. And uh, and yeah, the Phoenix thing. You're. I like how you put it. Um, there's a history there, and uh, you know Draymond Green and Steph, Steve Kerr had a history, mm-hmm. uh, and they managed through it in part because they were successful. Mm-hmm. Had they lost all those finals games, maybe it would have worked out. Work. Probably not. So Phoenix hasn't turned that corner. And let's just see. And also, DeAndre is not as good as Draymond Green was. Correct. You know? And Monty Williams may not be as good as Steve Kerr. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it bears watching. I'm glad yeah. Booker's back because he hadn't been playing. Yeah. So that'll help. Uh, number four, Grizzlies versus Golden State. Um, look. Wah, wah. Uh, <laughs> Golden State's going to be without Steph, obviously. Uh, but Clay and everybody and Jordan Poole and Draymond and the rest of that crew will be there. Uh, Memphis, this is an interesting one because obviously they played in the playoffs last year, conference semis. It went six. Good game, good series. Morant missed the last three games. That's right. It was was a good series. And that was an excellent series. And these teams have a little bit of a of a chirping social media back and forth history as well. Oh, really? Yeah. During the regular season last year, Jaron Jackson Jr. tweeted out because Ja was out and the team kept winning and guys went out of the lineup. He tweeted out strength in numbers. Now, anyone who knows knows that is the Warriors mantra forever strength in numbers i did not after know they that. won the series clay thompson was like and some idiot on the grizzlies tweeted out strength in numbers that's our motto whatever and of course they won okay the whole nine warriors win the championship john morant's like yeah we'll see you guys on christmas back at the crib and draymond's like nope like you don't know anything about championship young fella the, the champion plays at home on christmas night right so they they have a a little wow. and the grizzlies i know for not just from what's been said publicly from people down there the, t- the players, they don't fear the Warriors like that. Like, they have full belief that if we were healthy last year, we they, they think they could have they beaten the Warriors. Um, and so I'm excited for this matchup. Of course, I love the Grizzlies. But uh, Dylan Brooks said something interesting the other day. Oh, Steph's not doesn't, playing. Doesn't he always? Oh, doesn't he always? <laughs> Steph's not playing. That's a shame. I guess Klay Thompson's going to have to find out what kind of defense I could play. I was like, this guy, he just, he just, that's that's just his MO. And to your point about defense, and how most people hate that side of the floor, this dude loves that shit. And I'm like, man, you you, you got to be a certain kind of psycho to want to go at and like try to lock up the other team's best guy, right? Your brain has to be a different kind because most people are like, eh, I want no part of that shit. But this guy, yeah, yeah, whoever it is, Katie, I don't care. Give him to me. Man, it's amazing what I, what I don't know on Twitter. Uh, this, is, <laughs> this is, I had no idea it was a feud like that. Um, yeah, it, it stinks for Golden State. I watched them in Brooklyn, as you saw, as you yeah. were there. Just not competitive at all. No. Um, uh, maybe all the uh, Dante. I don't, I don't know when Divincenzo he had been out. So he and Jamichael Green have like non-COVID illness. So the flu, oh, okay. I think, is running around in there. Okay, um, okay, yeah, okay. they don't play again until Sunday. Christmas is the next yeah. game they play. So okay. by Sunday, so those guys could be back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that would help a little bit. They just beat 
uh, who they just they just beat a big a really good team the other night. Well, they beat Toronto. That was their their one right. win on this that, on this road trip. Road trip. Right. Got the blown out by the Knicks and the, yeah. and the Nets. Right. So I will say this though, um, young players, uh, you know, yeah, they don't fear the Warriors, but they don't. None of those guys fear anyone. <laughs> they really it's, don't. It's very much. It's not just the Grizzlies. It's um, a young person thing. Yeah, it's funny how that is. Um, I may have told you this before, but. An agent told me he was having lunch. I think I just I said this recently. I'm not going to say who the player was yet. I probably will when I might write about it. He was having lunch with this very mild-mannered client who was in the, 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 the combine. He was playing the combine. And uh, he was having lunch with them. And all these players are passing him in where the team's players eat. And he said, this very sweet, mild-mannered guy was just motherfucking everybody. That motherfucker <laughs> sucks. He's trash. And he was so surprised. And he told me, and I said, well, what do you expect? They're all fighting for the same scraps. You know, there's only 60 spots to get drafted. And uh, he said, but still, I, I've had players drafted before. I never heard that. I said, yeah, but they think that. Now, they're also quick to respect. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you deserve respect. it. Yeah, especially after the draft is over. Now you have mad respect. But, um, yeah, it just, the, listen, you don't have to, fear the Warriors to get your ass kicked by them. No. Um, and and I Clay Thompson's a lot of things. Soft isn't one of them. Nope. He he can be a little vengeful. He, sure. He he's not been playing well this year. Understandably so with all he's gone mm-hmm. through. But uh it would be not surprising if you had a Clay good game. to hang 10 threes mm-hmm. on them in the game <laughs> and remind young Mr. Brooks like all right, here's my resume. What's your name again? <laughs> Don Draper. You're, did you ever watch Mad Men? <laughs> yeah. You know when Draper's in the elevator <laughs> yeah. and the, the the guy they let go, and he says some you must be you know he talks shit to Draper. He's like I don't know who you are. It, yeah, <laughs> like I'm not sure. Clay even knows who Dylan Brooks is, and I mean that. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be interesting. I, I, I'm looking forward to this game. I want to see how Memphis responds. They, I thought this show was going to be interesting for them because they're no longer the hunter, right? They're kind of the hunted yeah, this year, for sure. And they've responded well. Like they're, you know, the top, they're the top of they're the Western Conference. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I think they're one of the top teams in the league. And we'll talk about that in top five. All right. The game with the least intrigue to me. LeBron and some dudes versus Luca and some dudes. Okay. That's kind of disrespectful. No, you got Dinwiddie and Christian Wood and some other good guys. And they're, they're good guys. But it's right. I mean, that's, the, that's what, that's what the casual fan is going to see. LeBron and some guys and Luca and some guys. Um, uh, yeah. AD obviously is out. Right. I, I, I think. AD is out for the year. This is not medical. This what? is really not. This is not reporting. It is just, my, your, just your gut feeling. My gut. I mean, literally, I know nothing other than I heard the Lakers announcer say last night that they still have. I didn't realize they haven't announced yet what his injury is. So my increasingly cynical mind started oh, thinking that they're hiding something. Yeah. Mm. I, if, if we announce he's out for the year, what does that mean on the trade front for us? Mm. So, so because then we'll be seemed more desperate. So I, I think he's got a stress fracture in his foot. Again, I know nothing, but when you are releasing it, that to me, alarm bell is ringing. Something's really wrong. And, um, and so, yeah, but anyway, he's not playing this game. No. And uh, I think if it's amazingly enough, maybe ironic, Russell Westbrook has gone from hot seat, Nazi to hot seat, Totsy. He's to quote Seinfeld. He's good again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's really good in the second unit. Uh, I'm so tired of the Dennis Schroeder defense, as I've said before. <laughs> uh, Russell at least is competing somewhat there. 
Right. Um, actually, none of the Lakers guys at the guard position are guarding anyone. Yeah. Yeah. They just they can get away with it. AD is so magnificent He's defensively, so, so he makes up for it. Uh, but if Russell played, they they could be they could be Dallas. Yeah, yeah. With LeBron's playing amazing. They, Lonnie Walker, Thomas Bryant. Austin Reeves has been out also. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he's back or not, but if they get Reeves and Russell back and only are missing AD, the Lakers are a formidable team. Uh, And Dallas is, eh, they're fine. They're average. They they've had some poor game luck. They're 16 and 16, right? Like their net net rate, net margin is good. Their net margin is good. They're, they're basically top 10 in offense, ninth in offense, 11th in defense. Like, so they, they're, they're fine. They're having some bad end of game luck lately. And I know that Luca and Kid got tossed from a game recently for yeah. coming out of rep. There's one thing about Luca that, and people have said it, Super every good. play he's complaining at a rep. Literally every oh, play. It's really? like, dude, yeah, right. we get it. We get it. Every yeah. single play he's hollering at a rep about something. Yeah. He's a very competitive guy. Yeah, Kid got ejected. I don't love that, um, how it happened. But um, it should be a competitive game if Austin and Russell play. It should be. A, a, and, you know, Luca's worth the price. Uh, I won't be watching as a fan. I'm watching as an analyst. Right. But if you're a fan, you're going to see two, you know, the best of all time, one of the two best of all time, Mm -hmm. against a guy that has a chance to go down as top five, top ten all time. Yeah, Luca's that good. Yeah, no. He may not get there, but he's got a chance to be. He's in the the MVP conversation, obviously. I mean, this is. Will be for a long time. Yeah, he's he's in that that, that stage of his career now where perennially it's like, oh, yeah, he's an MVP candidate, right? right? Like Giannis and Jokic and these guys. It's just excellent ball. Well, those are the five games. I'm excited. Even though. There's going to be some stars missing, but still, I think Plenty good definitely, and it will, because I feel like so much of Christmas Day is about the casual fan, not the people who are psycho about NBA basketball like we are. Look, a lot of the country who are just casual fans may not know about John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. and the Memphis Grizzlies. Well, you'll learn about them, right? You may not know about, you know, these other guys on Denver, right? It's like, oh, no, it's, it's funny. I said to someone the other day. Ask the average casual person who's not oblivious to sports, but like a casual. Do you ever heard of uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo or Nikola Jokic? I mean, you might get a lot of no's, right? Steph Curry, LeBron. Oh, I know those guys, right? Because they're famous in a way that's like beyond sport, right? They're global famous. But for those of you guys who only know global famous guys, watch these games. You're going to find some other guys. Oh, those guys are pretty good, too. A lot of good If you're you're listening to our podcast, you're watching the games. At least some of them anyway. Yeah, if you're listening to this podcast, you're yeah. up, but maybe your mom or your sister or your brother yeah. who doesn't really, you know, they might find out some interesting things. Uh, Coach, this is our last episode of 2022. Um, it is, we're in the middle of Hanukkah. What's it, night four tonight? Five? Night four tonight, yeah. Okay, night four tonight. Um, so halfway through, we're in the Christmas season. Um, what are your holiday plans? Well, I already know some. Max is coming home today. Yeah. You're going to meet him and his yeah. and, and your cousin and your nephews and nieces for pizza. Yeah. What else is happening? So we'll do uh, we'll do a team Thorpe dinner tonight, and that's about it. Tomorrow night, I mean, they've got other family to go see. They got to go see my mom, my mother in law, cousins, and aunts and uncles, and, and all over the place because they're just here so seldomly. And and their cousins, my, my brother's kids and our kids, are all the same age. They're all in college together. So the ones that are in town will come in. They'll, they'll go to some parties together. My, my, my wife and I, it's funny. Once you have twins, you can't wait to get rid of them. Now, you want them to come <laughs> back later that day. But after 19 years, you're not so rushed to get them back. It's, it's a blessing to have them. We actually like our, our emptiness <laughs> when it's empty. So we, are, we don't monopolize their time. They'll do their thing. And then uh, we'll go to my, my sister-in-law who lives very close her. And her husband, they'll do. We do Grinchmas, where 
the kids all give gifts to each other, but you can mix and match. And I sometimes participate. I it's if it's I think they're trying to do a Christmas Eve because I know I have games to watch Christmas Day. Um, but uh, and we're gonna be bundling up, Gerard. It's going to be in the forties here. What? So we've got I've got a I'll have a fireplace cooking and I'll have the whiskey pouring or whatever I'll be drinking. Yeah, it'll be fine. How about you? David and his constant talk about Florida weather. Let 40s, me give you a little 40s. a little preview of what the weekend's going to be like here, my friend. Saturday, Christmas Eve, the high, 19. <laughs> Means low Man. is gonna be 10. Yes. Wow. Christmas Day 25 is the high, 15 is the low. It'll be it'll be it'll be frosty this weekend. All right, Christmas Eve brunch um at my uh cousins. Uh, so the family all gather there. We'll do Christmas Eve brunch, have a good time, yada, yada. Come back home. Uh, my partner and I, she and I and the dog, we will do our Christmas Eve dinner. We're going to make a bunch of stuff and, you know, have our night. Yeah. And then Christmas Day, because we have a trip coming up in January, we're like, all right, let's just make sure everything's all good and copacetic and we're not getting ourselves into any, you know, COVID situations. So yeah. we're going to do christmas breakfast here and, and make a make a nice meal and that'll be it in terms of like extending Smart. out because we're going to be away the week yeah. after after new year's and we don't want to have anything sort of getting getting to get in the way of that <clears throat> will you watch the games christmas day oh some of them anyway yeah, of course you know. of course so me and the dog that. we're gonna be we're yeah. gonna be same as me she's actually gonna see her mother so like you know yeah we'll we'll yeah. be it's funny i always do this thing on twitter and instagram where it's like for the late game and i'll talk in my dog's voice i'll be like hazel we're gonna watch Pelicans or whoever the last game, Phoenix and 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 uh, Denver. Oh, yeah, Denver. and she's like sleeping on her bed, like Z's. Right. Like, oh, dude, I'm past that. <laughs> we're not, we're not watching shit. <laughs> right, I get it. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like fun. It will be a fun time. Looking forward to it. Uh, again, thank you to everybody for always tuning in and appreciating what you guys, your feedback. We're gonna bring you more awesome stuff in 2023. But before we go, our last top five of 2022. This list, I think, will be our most de- de- divisive ever. Yeah. Because I already heard Coach say no for some teams. So I'm like, oh, God, what's happening? All right. So, so we're at a point now, Gerard, where what you've done in November, I don't care anymore. Right. Right. We're at, we're at a point where, just like in, in Boston last year is an example mm-hmm. of a team that clearly caught fire and almost won the championship. So I don't really care that you were great in, early, in late October, first week of November. What, what are you doing now? What do you look like now? And then I also consider where you're at for the season. Mm-hmm. So I have a three-way tie at three, four, five. Oh, I cannot at, pick. At, wow. I'm going to read them to you. Three, four, okay. five. Yeah. I'm going to say this team first. It's going to shock you. But I, I witnessed. I, no, no, no. I don't think you do. Maybe you do. I witnessed. No, it's not the Knicks. I, witnessed, <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, I bet it's the yeah. Knicks. <laughs> no, I, I, I kind of foreshadowed that. I didn't make my top five. But I thought about them because you're right. They're the hottest team. Uh, till last night, Boston was so off last night. They were. I mean, they were getting booed. Indiana's a fine team, but you can't be down thirty at home and 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 then make my top three. So I have Ooh, them at number five, wow. tied with two other teams, which I'll mention later. But they're the first I'll mention at tied. Yeah, tied wow. Three, four, yeah, Coach Thorpe is very punitive when you when you're doing things like that. That can't is can't lay an egg like that. No. Uh, that is, listen, hey, it's his list. He's allowed to do what he wants. Number five, <laughs> Denver Nuggets. Look, they're tied for top in the Western Conference. They yeah. just beat my Grizzlies, who I have ahead of them because whatever. Um, but yeah, look, they're playing well, and this is without Murray fully Murray yet, and MPJ hasn't played since God, I mean, like November maybe. Like it's been a while since he's played. Right. I'm not projecting forwards. Uh, I, I also picked no teams in the West. Oh. I, they can't figure out where they are. I can't figure out where they are. They've got to figure <laughs> it out first. I love it. So, I love it. So my other team tied a three, four, five. 
are the Milwaukee Bucks, who yeah. I'm very happy with. They clearly they have a great future. They've had some bad losses mm-hmm. and and some really good wins. Uh, uh, they're they're not at the level of my top two. They're tied mm-hmm. with the Boston and the thirteen. Okay. I'll say in a minute. My top two, I think, are. And okay. one of them is going to be a surprise, I think. <laughs> All right, number four, Bucks. I have the Bucks at fourth. Yeah, All right, so we're in the same thing. So mm-hmm. I have the Sixers tied now. They're they're <laughs> really ain't in my top five. I'm like, they're, man, <laughs> I really like what they're doing right now. They can still get much better, and um, yeah. So I kind of look at it as if these teams all played a, in a three game series, uh, the whole league. These would be the teams I think would be in the the winner winning these tournaments. Philly's kind of figured out a little bit of how best we win, and you don't hear about any drama. When's the last time I heard about drama in Philly? No, nothing so far. Yeah, it's been quiet. It's been a bit. It's been quiet. So, yeah. I'm giving them. I'm giving them some credit. Yeah, oh, I'm tied getting for, some love. Tied for three, four, five with me. All right, I, I dropped the Celtics as well to third, just because of like you said, they've been a little sputtering a little bit lately. The Orlando thing really bothered me. Like, I think Orlando's young and they're going to be maybe good in the future, but I'm like, guys, come on, you lost two to Orlando. Not, not yeah. cute. Not cute. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. That's why they were fifth for me. All right, well, tied for third in a sense. My number two team is going to be your number one team. <laughs> my number two team is the Cavaliers. That that is my number one team. I, I know my Gerard Hector very well, <laughs> and understandably so. They they've been doing it all season. Beat Tough schedule. Bu- beat the Celtics twice and the yeah. Bucks. Yeah, I I think that they've just they've got and Donovan's just a superstar. Oh my goodness, he's every bit what he was in Utah, but he's got two Rudy Gobert's, not just one. And and he's got a better David, guard team. Conley was good though, giving effort and trying. He's really on competing. He's happy. I, I love when he said how overjoyed he was that he got traded to Cleveland. He really embraced that. What, whether it was true or not, it was the right thing to say. And he's playing like it was truth. So they're, they're number two for me. Uh, I, and you, uh, number two for you is Memphis. Of course. Yeah. The Grizzlies, yeah, baby. I know, I know you well. <laughs> I've got a team, that, a best of three, they're winning the whole thing. If we best started a tournament right now, right now and everyone played a best of three to move on, it would be a long tournament because it's a lot of games. Who win, Who wins that? And, and it's not a West team. You're, you have no West teams in your top nope. five. Nope. The oh, only I the team winner. I could think of that we haven't mentioned is Brooklyn. And the Brooklyn Nets? Who's beating, <laughs> who's beating them right now? I mean, they are. They're, listen, they're, listen. They're no drama. <laughs> listen, this is, it's so funny how basketball can be played when you're not worrying about 98 million other yeah. things that have nothing to do with basketball. But, but seriously, best of three, it, yeah. it, the whole league, I, I, think they, it, I think they win the whole thing. Well, because you're going to have Durant well, K- and Kyrie K- go nuclear, and that's just yeah. Well, KD KD solves all problems. Correct. Offensively. Correct. He does. <laughs> and Kyrie is going to give you some things here and yeah. there. And yeah. Harris is coming a little bit, and Sumner is pretty good. Is, yeah, Claxton's got some yeah, game to him inside. Doing some things, <laughs> and all of it doesn't matter because you have KD happy. Right. He is. He's happy. He's, he's just playing ball like he's. And he just uh, Michael happy? Lee, the Washington Post did a story, did a a, a column on KD. It came out yesterday, I think spent some time with him just you know just talking he's like man i'm just happy playing ball like and he said you know my thing is i just want to come to the arena and play ball that's all we're doing right now it's just about basketball yeah and that is the environment we said it the other day keep it simple stupid when it's just about that that is thrive time for him (laughs) i I didn't understand why he was a game in the fourth quarter of a 30 point blowout and then i thought oh i'm sure he just looked at his coach and said dude like i need to get more running man i don't i don't think it's about stats I don't think he cares about that. I don't no, think he, he likes to hoop. No, he he. So he didn't play in the fourth at all. He played. He, he played. I thought his he got a little bit in the fourth. He played the so full maybe, third. 
He played so the full okay. third, that, and then so that's the fourth. It was late in the game, but it was a blowout. The game yeah. was over. He played the full third. That, he played that's his normal. What, what is he doing? He played his normal first and third quarter minutes, which is yeah. the full the full quarter. Yeah. He played less than he normally does in the second. He played only like five minutes in the, in the fourth, second because okay. they were killing every. They were killing yeah. him. But yeah, he wanted to get his running, you know. And then fourth, yeah. they were just hanging out. Yeah, I saw. I saw him. I had four games on the same time, so I must have missed the quarter. But yeah. I definitely remember thinking, "Why? Why is he in the game? This game's well, and over." Everybody, we were, we were like, uh, "Jacques, let's pull the plug on this, shall That's we?" That's KD. <laughs> yeah, he's going to do his thing. So I, I'm really happy to see that, and no, I it's hope it's good for them. I saw Kyrie laughing after the game. He obviously wasn't playing. Yeah. Um, I, I wish he would embrace the idea of normalcy. Let's just not say crazy, stupid things. Just focus on ball, man. Let's just let's be a good teammate, which yeah. he often is. Yeah. Uh, he's definitely a passer. He's, you know, mm-hmm. he's not always a great teammate, but he's always a willing passer. Um, yeah. So I got, I got the Brooklyn Nets from like nowhere from to nowhere. number one for me right now. Um, Friday will be an interesting test for them. Milwaukee at home um, in, in Brooklyn. So that'll be a game. Uh, I'll be very curious to see yeah. how they come out and how they compete. Right. Because right. let's be real. These eight wins have been against mm, teams that have right. been not great. Right. right. So let, let's go. You, know, you got to beat whoever's in front of you. So no, no shade in your record. It is what yep. it is. Yep. But okay, this is a real team now. What are you going to do against a real team? We shall see. Right. Right. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Have a great, awesome holiday if you're celebrating. If not, I hope you can enjoy some downtime, some time to reflect on the year of 2022, uh, what you want to do in 2023. Hopefully, you know, set some goals and dreams. Hopefully, they come true for you. When are you we know? back? What's Monday? We are back probably that Monday. So the second January 2nd, that sounds about right. We're we're back on the second. Yeah. I'll I'll be back. I'll I'll be around then. Yeah. So we're back then everybody enjoy the basketball, enjoy time with your friends and loved ones. um, If you're able to do that and we will see you guys in 2023. Take care.